On today's show, we're going to look back at 21 years ago this week because those were good times for Yankee fans. <laughs> Remember when the Yankees used to make the World Series with regularity? Yeah, we're going to talk about two of those games. Plus, Jose Trevino is doing some things, winning some things, and we'll be talking about that too. All next on Locked on Yankees. <laughs> You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is November 1st. 2022. Both of those things shock me. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We just passed 1,500 subscribers, and we're getting closer and closer to 1,550. Hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So, um, yeah, uh, Yankees aren't in the World Series, and uh, they used to make the World Series a lot 20 years ago. It's a long, no, not even 20 years ago. They lost in the division series 20 years ago. I should know. I went to two games. Um, yeah, we're going to look back at October 31st and November 1st of 2001 because, you know, to this day, those are two of the best Yankee playoff games in history just because of everything surrounding that playoff run and the way that they won those two games. I mean, honestly... It was like something was happening in the old stadium during those games. It was kind of crazy. And I was at one of them. I was at the October 31st one with my dad, my brother, and my best friend at the time. And we were sitting in section 14 of the upper deck. So upper deck, left field. and Well, almost left field. Not quite left field. And it was insane. It was absolutely insane being there for that game. The October 31st game is the one that when the clock struck midnight, Jeter became Mr. November. And it was odd being there that night, you know, going into September, before September 11th happened, I knew that we were going to have the tickets for those games with my ticket plan. But I didn't know that they were going to be pushed back because of 9-11, and then they, then they were. And it was very odd being at the stadium on Halloween, you know, because baseball hadn't been played that late. And it was just a strange vibe all around just because of everything that happened and all the security. You know, President Bush was there the night before, and it was just... It was an escape from everything that was happening, but it was also in the back of your mind that everything was still happening and that, you know, they were still removing remains from Ground Zero and that was not that far away from Yankee Stadium. And it was a very odd time to live through. And I was 27 
Yeah, 27 when 9-11 happened. And it was a very scary time, if you don't remember. I know a lot of people who watch this show are younger than me and might not remember the magnitude of everything that happened because you were younger and like you knew that 9-11 happened, but you didn't experience what it was like working in the city and being around it in subsequent months. I worked at NBC. There was a day in October of 2001. They called us into a meeting at NBC. I was in the sales department. We were up on the 26th floor and they just walked by our desks and said, you know, conference room now. And we're like, okay. And it was just before lunch. It was about 1150 in the morning. And we go in there and, you know, you can tell something was up just by the looks on people's faces. And they let us know that Tom Brokaw got anthrax sent to his office. Then they explained to us that we were fine, that the way 30 Rock was made, all of the air systems were horizontal and on each floor. And they didn't, like, our air didn't go to any other floor. So the anthrax and all the other stuff that was on the third floor stayed on the third floor. So we were all safe. But the thing about it was they released that information to the news as we were in our meeting. So when I get back to my desk, I have my voicemail light is on it and I'm not thinking anything out of the ordinary because I worked in sales and stations were calling me constantly. You know, media buyers were calling me constantly. So I dial into my voice. You have nine new messages. And I'm like, oh, I guess they heard about the anthrax. Great. So, you know, I was dealing with that working at NBC. I was terrified going to Yankee Stadium, but also defiant going to Yankee Stadium. It was a very weird dichotomy there because I was afraid of what was happening, but then I was also like, oh, are you going to try and bomb me here? Yeah, do it. Do it. It was just really, it was strange. It was such a strange time to live through. <laughs> and let's see. Oh, right. I witnessed a loss and a win in the first round. Because I went to game two against Oakland. They lost it. Remember when the Yankees went down 0-2 at home and then had to go to Oakland? Then the flip play happened and they came back for game five. I was at game five. They clinched the division uh, division series. Then I go to the ALCS against Seattle. And I say to my brother, I said, I've never seen a walk-off home run in the playoffs. I want to see a walk-off home run in the playoffs. It was the bottom of the ninth. A pitch later, Alfonso Soriano, it's a walk-off home run. And I'm like, cool. Game four of 2001. Not a fun game for most of it. Really, you know, people don't remember that Derek Jeter was doing nothing up to that point because I really think he was affected by when he flipped into the camera well to make that catch. Does anyone else remember when he did that? And I think that affected him for a lot of that series against Arizona. And Tino Martinez comes up. And it took, I say this all the time, I've been saying it for 21 years, but I'll say it again. Even though everyone around me was jumping up and down and screaming, and I saw with my own two eyes, well, an eye and a half, because this one's kind of blind, I saw the ball leave the ballpark, but it still took my brain until he was between second and third for it to kick in that he tied the game in the bottom of the ninth. 
<laughs> and then I started freaking out. And the upper deck was bouncing up and down. And there was a girl behind us who was freaking out because it was a little jarring to be in the upper deck and feeling it literally going up and down like an accordion. And I said to her, I said, it's better that it's moving. If it wasn't moving, it would just snap off. And then she freaked out even more. So I, I apologize to that person 21 years later. But anyway. <laughs> and my dad left because he had a really bad headache. And he was our ride home, but he didn't want to make us go. He was like, I'll go out. We'll meet up. Don't worry. I'm like, okay. So he left the stadium. It was me, my, mo my mother, me, my brother, my best friend. <laughs> Jeter comes up and my brother even said oh my god it's midnight it's November that's so weird I said yeah that is weird and then what was it two three minutes later Jeter walks off and I always like to mention the fact that I was screaming so much that night on Tino's home run and on Jeter's home run and then as we were leaving the stadium we were just chanting let's go Yankees the entire time for the 40 minutes that it took us to leave and when I woke up the next morning, I didn't have a voice and I permanently damaged my voice. So thank you to Jeter and Tino for doing that. Also, thank you to this day for the best playoff game I've ever been to. I would like to replace it with a another playoff game. That could be a good one. Thank you. Like sometime in the future, I'd like to be at like a walk-off World Series win, you know, like a Joe Carter deal. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. In a moment, we'll talk about November 1st, 2001, because the Yankees coming back and beating the Diamondbacks, you know, tying in the bottom of the ninth and then winning in extra innings wasn't enough one night. It happened two nights in a row. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and for the start of the NBA basketball season. That's kind of redundant, isn't it? Yeah, the NBA season. There we go. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I think you still have time to bet on tonight's World Series game. I'm assuming Houston is favored. They were favored yesterday. I'm assuming that didn't change. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the next day... I woke up early because my best friend and I, who were at the Yankee game, were planning on driving, and we did, to Wilmington, North Carolina. We had this trip planned months in advance before 9-11 happened, before we knew that the games were going to be shifted back, so we delayed our trip for a day. We were going for a long weekend. So on November 1st, we get in the car, me with my raspy voice, my friend with her not raspy voice because she did, she screamed like I did, but I just, I don't know. I just did something. I'm wearing my Tino Martinez t-shirt, my Adidas track pants, my Adidas sneakers. I was adidas out, okay? We stop in Virginia for like an early dinner. 
because it took us like 10 hours to get to Wilmington, right? It was it was it was a long trip and we didn't leave till later in the day. So it was yeah. So we stop at this place. It had pumpkin in the name and I can't even remember the town it was anymore because it was uh, 21 years ago. But I know there was a pumpkin in the name. It was in like a shopping mall just off 95. And we go in and the lady sees my Yankee shirt and says, did you see that game last night? And I say in my really raspy voice, we were there. And, oh my, you know, she said, we don't usually root for Yankees, but we're rooting for them now. And I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. And that's all anyone said to us while we were down in the South for that, <laughs> for that long weekend. Yeah, we're rooting for the Yankees, you know. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Like the one time the whole, well, almost the whole country rallied around New York and the Yankees. So that was fun. But what happened was we were listening to the game in the car and the Yankees were losing two nothing. And I'm just like, you know, whatever. Uh, and we lose the game. We can't get it back on the radio. It was like we got off 95 and I can't remember the highway we took to get to Wilmington because we went 95 and then we went east to go to Wilmington and we lost the game. And I'm like kind of freaking out, but I'm just like, all right, we'll get to Wilmington, check into the hotel and everything will be fine. We check into the hotel, we get in, we turn on the TV and the ticker is going across the bottom of ESPN and it says the Yankees score and it says they won, right? It was 3-2, F slash 12. Because I believe we lost the game in the eighth inning. It was like the, yeah, it was close to the end of the game when we lost it. And I was like, oh no, no, no. You know, and we couldn't find it on the radio and it was just gone. It was just gone. And I looked at my best friend. And I'm like, they they did not do this again, did they? they? There's no way they did this again. So we waited for ESPN to like cycle through and get back to the Yankee stuff. And we saw the highlights. And we were just like, are you kidding me? Did they do this again? How did they do this again? And we saw Brocious hitting the home run to tie it in the bottom of the ninth off Kim again like what were they doing what was Brindley doing poor Kim and then I I, I oh god just we saw the highlights and we're like are you I it was just how did this happen two nights in a row it's almost like having two of the Raul Abanez games happening in a row, basically, is kind of what it's like. Except the two guys who hit the game-tying home runs weren't pinch-hitting for Alex Rodriguez. But it was close. And that's kind of like what it was for October 31st and November 1st of 2001. It was insane. And I say this to this day, to this day, that's a TikTok sound, if it were reversed and the Yankees had four games at home, they would have won that series. No doubt in my mind. There's no way they would have lost a game at home with the way things were working out in that particular series. Yeah, they would have won. They should have won. I still cannot believe what happened in game seven. I saw it with my own two eyes. And I still can't believe it happened. But it just shows you 
how quickly things can change in baseball. And the Yankees kind of got the taste of their own medicine from what happened in games four and five. We were in Wilmington for six and seven. We watched game six at the Firebelly Cafe. Firebelly Cafe. Wait, was it Cafe? No, Firebelly. What was it called? Oh, my God. We went there all the time when we went to Wilmington. Firebelly Grill? Something like that. Firebelly. We saw a couple of Dawson's Creek actors there when we were there. And that game six was the game that Andy Pettit just put a giant dookie on the pitching mound in Arizona. Yeah. That was not fun being in a bar in North Carolina witnessing that because I was all excited to watch the game. Woo! The Yankees can win the World Series. And then... And then we didn't go out for game seven. We ended up watching it in our hotel room and I was inconsolable, but I think I was inconsolable mainly because of everything that led up to game seven. And I think other people felt the same way. It was just such an emotional two months of like, it was just constant bad news scary news, depressing news, and to have baseball be that savior for those few hours a night, and then to have it end the way that it did, and not on a good note, and not the way you wanted it to, and not the way it should have, it should have ended with a Yankee win. I cried for three hours after that game ended. If it were a regular game seven that they lost, I would have been angry for a you know 10 15 minutes and then i would have calmed down but because of everything that led up to it i just let it all out in one three-hour cry and i don't think i was the only person who did that I mean, it was a very emotional experience that fall i'm still upset to this day that they didn't win that and it wasn't just for the four, Pete. It was really because of everything that happened. I mean, could you imagine what it would have been like if they won that World Series? That would have been crazy. That would have been so great. But them making the World Series and winning those three middle games the way they did, that was good enough. That was good enough. So in a moment, we're going to talk about Jose Trevino, because Jose Trevino got some good news this week. And uh, this isn't going to be a full player review for Jose Trevino. That's going to be coming up one of these days when we go through the season and review everything. But first. Okay, so a couple of cool things happened for Jose Trevino within the last few days. The 2022 Fielding Bible Awards, given to the best defensive players at each position, were announced late last week. The winners were voted on by a panel of experts who consider statistical analysis, the eye test, and any other factor they wish to choose. And guess who won for catcher? That's right, Jose Trevino. We don't get to see Yankee catchers win this award, so this is cool. Trevino 
excelled behind the plate, leading all catchers with 21 DRS, defensive runs saved. His biggest contributions came in pitch framing, where Fangraphs scored his pitch framing more than twice as high as any other catcher this season. It's interesting to have a catcher who does things well behind the plate. Everything well behind the plate. You have some catchers who had different strengths. But it's a joy watching Jose Trevino. I felt bad for him during the playoffs, though, because he was getting beaten up. Those last few games, he, you know, constant fouled off balls hitting him and just, you know, I can't remember which game it was, but my brother was like, God, poor Trevino is getting beat up these last few games. It's like, yeah, it's like, that's not a fun way to end your season. And then today, this only just came out, by the way. He won his first gold glove. Now, how cool is that? And I know a lot of people kind of poo-poo the gold glove and eh, it's not a big deal. He's the third player in Yankees history to win a gold glove at the catcher position, joining Thurman Munson and Elston Howard. Hello? <laughs> that is good company. Trevino led all major league catchers again, as I said, with 21 defensive runs scored. Nope. Defensive runs saved, which was also tied for third most defensive runs saved in baseball, regardless of position. That is cool. And I believe, right? Yes. Oh, hello. DJ LeMayhew. He won for utility player and is the first utility player award for gold glove. Interesting. I didn't know this was happening. Okay. He was limited to 125 games due to injury, but he still saw significant time. He played first base for 35 games, second base for 41 games, and he played 47 games at third. He had two outs above average at first and second, each of them, and four at third, which ranks 11th among all Major League Baseball third basemen, despite his limited appearances there. It's his fourth gold glove, but it's his first with the Yankees. This is his fourth overall, but it's the first that he's won with the Yankees because he won his last gold glove in 2018 during his last year with the Rockies. That is cool. I didn't know they were doing a utility player gold glove that's pretty cool and then finally the Yankees obviously have silver sluggers <laughs> you can name them off your head it's not hard to figure out who would be part of the silver slugger list for the Yankees but Anthony Rizzo hello 32 home runs DJ LeMayhew Unbelievable. He's up for second base and utility. And that's, again, in only 125 games. Now, it's not as bad as uh, Rafael Palmero winning first base gold glove in 1999 when he only played 28 games and beating Tino Martinez. And no, I'm still not bitter about that. <laughs> Aaron Judge, obviously. Outfielder. He hit 62 home runs. He's a lock 
to win that. It would be his second straight silver slugger and third of his career. And Giancarlo Stanton, designated hitter, 31 home runs. Not bad. Not bad at all. And then you have like the regular suspects, you know, Otani, Trout, George Springer, guys like that, Vlad Guerrero Jr. So, yeah, lots of guys in the running for Silver Sluggers. Um, There's some good things for the Yankees. I said it yesterday, and I said it last week. Is it disappointing they didn't make the World Series? Of course it is. Is it disappointing they're not going to win a World Series? Yes. But were people expecting them to win the division when the season started? No. Was anyone expecting Jose Trevino to do anything for the Yankees? No, because they didn't know he was going to be a Yankee before the season started. It's just the way baseball is. It's fun. So, we're going to start reviewing the season, reviewing players. Some players will have individual episodes, obviously. You know who's going to have his own episode. That's not easy. That's not easy. That's not hard to figure out. I could probably do five episodes on Aaron Judge if I really wanted to, but we don't need that. And, you know, some position players will be lumped together and it's going to be interesting depending on the player. You know, it's going to be a fun time looking back at Judge. It might not be a fun time looking back at, oh, say Aaron Hicks or Josh Donaldson, but, you know, I'll make it fun for you. I'll try to make it fun for you. And tomorrow we'll talk about tonight's game between the Phillies and the Astros. As I said, the weather is much better tonight. They'll be playing. Now, I said yesterday that Cashman's probably coming back, but there's some reports that are like, Hal's still not sure. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm not falling for that, Mr. Steinbrenner. I am not falling for that. So coming up, we're going to start talking about the 2022 season, going through certain seasons and how certain people did good, bad, ugly, all that stuff. We'll talk about free agency because uh, there's an important person exploring free agency. Oh, well, there are a couple of people exploring free agency and we'll talk about possibly what the Yankees can do. I'll have some special guests lined up for you. I don't want to tease anything, but I'm going to put out some feelers for some special people and see if I can get them on the show, maybe back on the show. There's a hint. And uh, yeah, you know, it's the off season, but we're not off. We are not off. We are on full schedule through the winter meetings and up to Christmas. And we're going to make it fun for you. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment, click the bell so you know when our videos go live. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow.